Guess what, Wabs? We've made it, dude. Wait, what do you mean we've made it? There's only one one thing that I thought, you know? I thought, like, this show, this podcast, there's only one sponsor that if we got, we could say we made it. Did, did we get one. who I think we got? Yes, that is right. Support for this show is brought to you by Manscaped, dude. Oh my god, we made the, it. <laughs> who's the best in men's below the waist grooming um they offer manscaped offers precision engineered tools for the family jewels manscaped just launched the fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 wabs 4.0 dude they've That's been the like 4. working 0. on this thing they they i mean i'm gonna be honest it's it's solid all right it yeah. does the job man it, it does is, what it needs is to a be done. sleek design can i just say okay separately the box mm-hmm. all right this I mean, I don't want to say to get the product for the box, but it is such a cool design. <laughs> like the whole, I'm not the gonna whole setup, the way. <laughs> Opening a box matters so much. Like it's so weird, but that first like open box and then you see it and the setup is right there. It, it makes such a big difference. But like the, the, like I usually when I get a box from a product, all right, I will literally like throw the box away and just keep the product, right? Of course. But I have kept this razor dude in this box because it has some nice sleek design. It Ooh. has little cubby holes for everything. Oh, it's great. Nice. Um I, I feel like I'm talking about the box so much. The actual the actual <laughs> the actual razor is great. Um it does the job. Uh obviously I will say though, I, I don't know if like I should give a warning, but like do be careful. Still oh, yeah. I think they have some great uh the, the cool thing is that they have like two um two trimmers. So you like one is for the more sensitive areas, one's for like mm-hmm everywhere else so of make course. sure you use the right one when you do those two <laughs> for your um, own safety but i'm sure that there are some safety precaution measurements measures in there yeah no no there is uh it has some instructions um but yeah i'm just telling i'm just telling you right now i think yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good thing to add um so uh yeah join over the two million men worldwide who trust manscaped with exclusive offer for you that's right, you listening right now, 20% off and free worldwide. Yeah, this isn't a Canada only ad. This is worldwide shipping with the code ASAP at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ASAP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ASAP. Unlock your confidence with the new lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast. I'm your host, LaZero, and I'm joined by a couple people, but I'm not going to announce them first, because guess what? I'm going to be extra special today. I want to thank our patrons right off the top of the show. Um, you know, other people might have conspiracies as to why this is happening off the top of the show, um, but hopefully they're not proven or disproven. I don't know. Regardless, I want to thank all our patrons that, that support us all the time, and special shout outs to our Roll Call tier patrons of awesomeness, Cursor. Hmm. Uh, Glorious Zombie, Idrin Clorox, Paint, Raz, and Vance. Thank you so much for your support. Speaking of Cursor, Cursor, you're on the show. Hi. And we are joined by no one else 
but none other else. But I, I don't know how to hype this up. But he is, okay? He is the man with the mental plan, the prof. How's it going? How's it going, guys? So happy to be here. Uh, so just a little bit of background. You are the mental performance consultant for the pioneers. That's what I, th- I feel like they've shortened that. They want just the pioneers. They don't want KCP anymore. Is that correct? Is that what they want? Um, I think I think they're trying to streamline it for the most part, but they still definitely go by KCP and love that moniker still. Um, I think they were trying to get away from it at one point, but now they've got partnerships with Boys and Girls Club of Kansas City, and then they've got multiple Kansas City Chiefs players within the org. So I think they're kind of going back towards Kansas City Pioneers. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what the direction is. I mean, anyone who knows anything all right, about a crowd knows that having three letters to chant is always a good thing. Always right? a good KCP, thing. KCP. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, Pioneer. I guess you can kind yeah. of do with Pioneers, but you know, which one rolls off the tongue better? That's, that's the big question. Um, <laughs> maybe my first question to you uh, is... Um, and this is where we'll start off here right away. What what got you interested in, in kind of the field, this like field of mental performance? Um, and oh wait, I guess, and maybe tie it into uh, what you're doing actually for a PhD because you are the prof. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, like you said, I um, am earning my PhD right now. So I've got my master's in uh, sport and performance psychology. Um, and that's from the University of Denver, really, really good program. Um, and then I'm currently earning my doctorate at KU. So um, that's just in psychology. And that is all so that I can be like a bona fide sports psychologist. So um, I do sports psychology, but you can't call me a sports psychologist until I get the doctorate. So, gotcha. gotcha. Um, I, yeah. I, oh, because I was when that happens, we can just call you Dr. Prof. Is that, is that <laughs> no, I, okay? So, so I actually like Prof a lot more. And the reason why uh, a little bit ties into like my own personal why, but um, when you are a leader of people in a classroom and you know this, cause I, you're a teacher and when I wow. have college students that I am like leading in a lesson and like teaching them things, there's so much like pride that goes into that. And yes, there's pride that goes into, you know, like getting this like magical, like multi thousand dollar piece of paper, but there's way more pride in like getting to shape someone's like point of view and just like blow their mind or have them come up to you after class and ask you a really good question. Like there's so much more pride there. So I will always own the prof moniker before I own any bit of the doctor. I absolutely love that. Curse, yeah. I'm sure you love that too. I do. I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's super humble, but it's, it's really cool. Cause like there's not, you're going to have a lot of people who are in there who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm doctor, I'm doctor. But I feel like the rest of the working world is like, that's a title that's earned. And my man's out here being yeah. like, I'm earning it right now. And one day, yeah, you will call me doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, for those people, they will. I, I think when like prof is something, though, that you you earn every day when you go and teach, um, there is a finish line for you know, getting a PhD or an MD or any, or a master's, like there is a finish line, but when it comes to teaching, like, I don't really want there to be a finish line. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. I mean, you are a hundred percent the teacher slash prof that every uh, student would like, uh, <laughs> especially, especially in the university. Yeah. You know, oh like, yeah. Like, they, sometimes it's not always the case. Teach so I love to games? Hear that. Yes. 
Yeah, not, oh, yeah. not what I was referring to. All right, Kirsten just boiled down my like heartfelt like, <laughs> oh, this professor that cares about his students to, oh no, they're gonna be very happy that he plays video games. Yeah, it's it's yeah. relatable. Come on, <laughs> nowadays kids are like, give me ten second content and just just stuff me with it. You know what I mean? Yep. No, Listen, I mean, I'll tell you this much: if you want to lose twelve, like you know, teenagers, tweens, you want to make sure they're completely not focused for the rest of the day. Mention video games. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'll say. It's nice working with college students because, you know, they have like boundaries with topics, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you want to, you want to learn what boundaries are. Don't yeah. go to grade four. <laughs> no, no. Uh, they will see whatever's on their mind. Um, okay. But yeah, so continuing I'll, I'll, on here. I'll, yeah. I'll give you a little bit of backstory too, in terms of how I got involved in sports psych. So, um, just like the quick and dirty was, um, I was playing soccer at a pretty high level. Um, people in the United States will, uh, probably be familiar with something called ODP, but it's the Olympic Development Program. And um, I was uh, within the Olympic Development Program for soccer and um, was playing really well, having a great time. And when it came for me to try out for my high school varsity team, um, I didn't do so hot. And I still made the team, but um, still continued to not do so hot. And that's because um, I actually had a bully that, um, was captain of the team and mm. it was really, really hard for me to like perform at my best. Um, be- even though he had bullied me like seven years before this moment. Um, so back when I was nine years old, um, but it was just really hard for me to like unlock my full potential. So my parents recommended I went and, uh, you know, go see a sports psychologist, um, so me, 14 years old, seeing a sports psychologist thinking like, this is really weird, you know, <laughs> um, but I loved it and it really helped. And I ended up going to college for soccer and also music. And when I was there, um, there's these things called juries uh, when you're a music major and they're like the most nerve wracking thing on the planet. Um, but basically they can, they bring in like guest judges and they can tell you to like start at measure 18 of piece number four and you just have to like be ready to sing it play it whatever um so really really nerve-wracking and while prepping for juries i was finding myself like in the practice rooms with my peers and like basically doing sports psych with them and just like consoling them like it'll be okay um so as that was happening, I so realized. Musician, sorry, sorry. Just side, yeah. you know, random joke that isn't really appropriate because your story is great and I'm disrupting your flow. No, you're good. But, you're good. <laughs> um, musicians are dealing with a lot more stress than soccer players is all I got from that conversation. 100%. <laughs> oh, without True. a shadow of a doubt. True. My most stressful day, my most stressful day as an athlete was half of my most stressful day as a uh, musician for and sure. This is why I play striker these days. You know, I've, I've played up front and competitive most <laughs> yep. recently is because yep. I can, I can be the worst player for 85 minutes. Just the five minutes where I get my two touches, score those goals. Exactly. <laughs> yep. yep. So anyway, um, midway through my freshman year, I realized like, wow, a singing soccer player probably isn't going to do very hot in the, you know, world of <laughs> money <laughs> youtube so, that's all i got for you yeah um good luck with that one kids so i transferred to um university of iowa and got my undergrad in uh psychology so that i could basically help people like i was helping them um, while i was in school and 
you know, help people like I was helped uh, when I was in high school. So there's the, there's the whole origin story right there for you. That's cool. That's, that's amazing. Uh, Cursor, uh, do you have anything to jump in here uh, before we talk maybe a little bit more of what got, uh, I'm I'm like, I'm like debating whether using like your, your, your real name or fake names. Oh, it's okay. Uh, um, but no, Cursor, uh, do you have any questions before we lead into the esports specific thing here? Uh, just one. I myself too, uh, not to your, you know, to definitely not to your level, um, was um, a dabbling musician and an athlete as well. And I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very apparent that this person you spoke to had a, a very profound impact on your life in the way that you've sort of um, driven yourself to follow this career. I'm kind of wondering, like, was there any particular... Thing he told you or some kind of uh, thought process that he broke down for you to help you sort of overcome the the hurdle that you <laughs> found yourself you know yeah meditate. yeah so I mean there, there's a lot of work that goes into it and to boil it down to one thought seems you know kind of uh, disingenuous to the process but at the same time there is and you're you're right on the money so the um the term that really kind of solidified all the work that we had done over the course of, you know, weeks, um, months and, uh, sorry. So that, that phrase was play free. Um, and I, I still live by that to this day, play free. And, uh, that was kind of like our parting, um, our parting motto to solidify all the work that we had done prior i can't even imagine because it definitely wasn't just one sit down you had with him i would imagine you you went through as you said this whole process to sort of develop these these mental tools and these you know this knowledge base so that as you ran into these problems further in your life you were able to tackle them appropriately and and sort of you know put your efforts where they needed to be instead of wasting them like so many people do yeah and i will say like I was definitely a little bit skeptical of the process because my parents kind of like shoved me into it. Um, but it was nice to kind of have those initial conversations as he's, you know, just trying to, he's an adult and trying to like tell this 14 year old kid, like, Hey, it'll all be okay. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm not going to ruin your life, you know? And, um, when, and if you're a 14 year old kid listening here, it will be okay. It'll be okay. Yes. That's all, that's all yes. You've got so much yeah. time. So much time. So, um, all the mistakes. yeah, so that was, that was kind of like the, the motto that came out of it. I appreciate you asking that. Um, so with that in mind, um, yeah. How, how did your esports kind of fascination or intertwingling begin? Uh, so this, this story is honestly wild, but, um, I'm here at KU and, person that's played video games all my life um i will 1v1 anybody on super smash bros n64 i have lost (laughs) to one person ever and that was a state champion um but yeah so video games have been with me all my life and while i was here at ku uh kansas city pioneers started getting going so they didn't originate until 2019 And if you go to their website, kcp.gg plug, um, (laughs) it shows their mission and they are so dedicated to bringing just like really awesome values, like social justice values into the gaming space. Um, They are black founded and owned. Uh, They have um, a cultural director. Like I said, they're involved with the Boys and Girls Club. Um, They are the uh, last 
last year women's carball championship they placed second in the world um we have lgbtq members so like just like all like a lot of awesome stuff going on and i was like i want to work for this company but i didn't know how to get involved and do it so i was sitting there like hemming and hawing like do i just send a cold resume to be like i know you but you have no idea who i am (laughs) um but like a day before i was that I had circled my calendar to say like, I'm going to send this email. They hired this guy who worked at KU as an executive director. And I was like, Whoa, like he, he would get a push notification if I sent him an email. So I just did a little research (laughs) on him, like figured out how to word it after doing a little bit of background research on him, sent the email and he responds within like an hour and is like, wow, I, was the old executive director of the Mets. And I'm really familiar with sports psychology because the MLB hires a bunch of us. Um, and he was like, I would, I would love to meet you. Like, can you meet on Monday? And I was like, shoot. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, that would, that would work. So he meets with me and he goes, wow, this is all really cool. I'm going to send you over to our chief of staff. And our chief of staff was like, wow, this is all really cool. I'm going to send you over to our chief gaming officer. And I met with the chief gaming officer and he said, wow, this is really cool. I'm going to send you over to our CEO. And in a period of six weeks, I went from them not knowing who I was or knowing that my position existed to being hired. (laughs) I was about to say, like, what what part of that story? They're like, and then they sent us to the administrator who sent us. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where does it end? Yeah. It ended at the top. The CEO interviewed me and it was That's it was so a awesome. really really cool process. Everybody was amazing. Uh, I got to jump in so. here and ask like I I recently um just picked up a new job uh doing an electrician apprenticeship and doing telecommunication work where I sat down yeah. with the CEO of a company and it's the first time I got to say in my life out of all the jobs I've worked I've ever sat down with the CEO of a very successful company and I got to mm-hmm. say at least personally from my experience like you're kind of calm and cool on the surface and you're there and you're present and doing what you can, but you are just nervous as all hell under the skin. I I can't even like, what what was it like sitting down with the CEO of a major gaming organization? So I honestly was really prepared. Um, The chief of staff really took just a liking to what I was doing. um, And she was just blown away by all that I could provide them. And um, she kind of worked as like an inside woman for me to be like, Hey, like, um, these are good trees to bark up with these people. And, um, so that connection really made it so that my interview with the CEO was something that was honestly really comfort, like comfortable. And the cool thing about Mark, our CEO is that he's one of those laid back, just easygoing, genuine, funny dudes. And, within minutes of meeting him like you you've got a very short time to kind of like prove your metal with him but once you do he's just open arms lays back and goes like show, show me what you got you know so it was i was actually really comfy but wow. um i wouldn't have been without um the chief of staff being being so in my corner shouts out to the chief of staff yeah she's I- she's awesome and I think as well, like one thing that we can de- definitely take from this, if anyone is listening and there's something that they do want to go toward, look for, talk to, see if they can, uh, you know, send that email, right? Like I think yeah. a lot of people never send that email. I will say the one thing that I would also add to that, and I think maybe why you, you might have more confidence than a lot of people is that you were very, like you knew kind of 
at least you had the background that there was a lot you could provide for the person that you're sending the email to. Absolutely. I knew what um, I was capable of. And I also did a lot of research on the executive director who I only really interacted with twice once to like get the interview. And then the second time to say, Oh my gosh, like I'm interviewing the CEO. Thank you so much for getting this whole train started. Like no, exactly, other than exactly. those two emails, I didn't really interact with him and haven't really interacted with him. Um, but I still did a ton of background research on him. No. And, and I think that's, that's the great thing. It's like, you're combining first, what do you bring to the table? And then it's okay. And then be prepared, right. Then yep. be organized, then have a specific thing, be specific and detailed with what you're presenting. Cause yep. I think a lot of, I, I don't know. I don't know how I heard about this story. Okay. I don't even know if I, I should bring that. Ah, whatever. Um, so there was like some random guy, I don't know if either of you heard about this, who just like quit his, I don't know, quit his job or something and just like drove down to go meet Logan Paul, right? And it's like, hey, can I be like something? But he really didn't have a plan. And so everyone's <laughs> just kind of staring at him. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, help you out, right? Uh, just quit everything and help you out. And I was kind of, I don't know, I heard about that story. I'm like, yeah, you you do have to have a plan, and you do have yeah. to bring something to the table. You can't just show up on someone's footstep and be like, "Yeah, gun swinging." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no. Do do your background research. Send a follow up email too. It's a really um, big thing. Um, would could not recommend that enough. Let the people that really helped you on your journey know that they helped you on their journey or on your journey. Um, okay. And let's, let's get now a little more specific here. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, right after the short break. Yo, you know how we had that Telus ad that last time, Wabs? I do remember that. Yo, guess what else is included now, dude? Wait, there's more? Yeah, there is gigabit internet baby. And I know you're someone who, uh, who's been having some internet troubles these days. Eh? Yeah, a little bit. Could say that you, you could use some some gigabit internet from Telus, dude. Right? I could totally <laughs> use some gigabit internet from Telus right now. <laughs> Guess what? It's internet that's more than fast. Oh, I like I like that ad placement. Do you like that? That ad speak the the more than fast. Do you like that? Was that? good. That's good. <laughs> you know what? You know what else they say after that? It's unstoppable, dude. Oh my gosh! I love it. Unstoppable. I love Enjoy the unstoppable power of one hundred percent fiber. Ooh. 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 With Canada's most reliable internet technology, only with Telus. Get Telus Pure Fiber Gigabit Internet for eighty nine dollars a month. That's Canadian, not American. What about a bundle with Telus Mobility? And also, guess what else, Wabs? What else? How is there more? You can get an exclusive hundred dollar bill credit oh my when you gosh. sign up for Telus Internet with our distributor program. That's with us, dude. Yo. So if you're in Canada. You want to claim this offer, call 844-701-0412. That's right, 844-701-0412 and quote distributor code DCC293. That's distributor code DCC293. Okay, and we're back. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how we do it here. We have no uh, ring cues or, or uh, I should I should make a jingle. Oh, that's, should. Cursor Ooh, would love would it good. if I made a jingle. Oh my! You should goodness. have Cursor make the jingle. No, uh, no, no. Flash, but Cursor would really love me. Flash is very, well, <laughs> when the show first started, Flash was no, oh, he used to be called Flash. Well, Zero used to be notorious for writing his own everything, like acoustic, like oh, Mike I've in his apartment, like oh. You've heard of me saying, oh, oh, yeah, I, I feel, 
I don't know how I feel about it, but I feel I feel good. I feel good about it. I do know how I feel about it. Um, so Authentic, the man. one thing that I was kind of curious about, because I, I think I've found this at least um, with Rocket League specifically kind of compared to other esports, that there's definitely a different mentality type thing. Um, I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but maybe like some um, some esports like Dota or League of Legends, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're kind of playing over the course of an hour. Yep. It's, it's a very like... Even if you have these situations where you might go on tilt or not on tilt, I think the the amount of time you can have to actually like recollect yourself might be a little greater. Yes. Um, whereas in Rocket League, I feel sometimes like like there's no way I feel it's almost no way you can like really recollect yourself within a game. That's why series are great because in that one minute you can maybe try something. Yeah, um, do a little something. <laughs> Did you see that difference between like Rock League and other esports games when you kind of started? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say too, e- separating esports from traditional sports is someone who played traditional sports at a really high level. Um, and obviously my uh, my master's program, I did a lot of, you know, like practicum and stuff like that. But um, esports is so unique in that there's so many parameters that are locked that it really isolates the mental aspect of your preparation and your execution. And so what I mean by that is, you know, regular sports have like, you know, were you in the weight room? Were you, um, you know, Mm -hmm. eating right, getting enough sleep? Um, You know, did we account for travel time? A lot of things that are physical aspects that work on the engine. Yeah. and if your engine, like, even if you're, I mean, I still think the mental is really big in sports at the highest level. It, oh, 100%. 100%. But if you didn't work on your engine, right, then you're going to be left behind by the people who did, right? Right. Put all, put all those hours in and slept so, right and ate right. Exactly. So, like, you have this way more importance on the mental side because you could be a train wreck and still be LeBron James and, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? Um, that's a that's a decent pun. I think LeBron James is actually in the movie Trainwreck. Um, <laughs> that's that's top shelf right there. Um, anyway, I'll uh, give it nine point five on my. 10. <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that. If you would have caught it, then I would have definitely had to give me a ten. Um, yeah, yeah. If I would have caught, maybe you know what? <laughs> actually, since you said that, ten point five because I didn't catch it. So there you go. <laughs> love it, love it. So. Um, yeah, like there's there's some things that this like all the mental preparation in the world isn't going to make you be able to stop LeBron James in a basketball game, um, but mental preparation can be the difference when you start getting up to that top one percent. And in video games, it is even more so um, because of the long hours, like you were saying, with like a tournament can be you know four hours, five hours long, no problem. Um, but Rocket League specifically, how it's different from other esports is that with its fast-paced aspect to it, the small field, the um, the chemistry, like all those things, honestly, Rocket League at the top level is warring mentalities more than anything. You've got plenty of tactics in Dota and League of Legends. You've got plenty of tactics in your arena shooters. And tactics can win out the day. But as you watch an esports game, like if you watch top level rocket league you realize very quickly that it's a lot of fly by the seat of their pants um you've got plays on kickoffs and that's just about it so it really is the mental aspect isolated so i think it's like warring mentalities about as much as anything in 
existence. So yeah. You could even say it's it's far more apparent in lands too when you can actually see their facial expressions, their mental shifts and everything during yeah. gameplay. It's the, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a hundred percent big, big mental and professional play. Yep. Yep. It it's kind of funny because like I'm all thinking I don't know if you guys, you know, are much into the uh, you know, typical fantasy type genre or whatever, mythical creatures and all that stuff, but um where they have like the the mind battle, you know what I mean? Or maybe yeah. Star Wars. I kind of just use Star Wars. Yeah, the force. Um, yeah, the force battle. Yeah, where there's just like a force mind battle, right? And I guess Rock League is is much more akin to that as opposed to like, I mean, the skill has to be there, right? Let's not get it wrong. I think I think I think the the potential threat of what someone can do, you have to perceive it. But I think yeah, because I mean, it's so weird to boil it down to execution. But like Nick Tackler which I hate to bring up, but Nick Tackler. Um, I just, I say that every time. Now. It's like a reaction. I mean, um, but no, he'll say something like, oh, it's all about execution, right? Which I think is true, but, you know, execution is... is It's really like, only part of it. There's a lot of preparation that goes into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I think I think what affects that execution is, is so important as well, right? Yeah. Like, the, the changes in the game may affect how you play. Like everyone knows that they might have one day where um, they, they play the best game they ever played and then they make one mistake in the next like five games are the worst they've ever played. Right. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, it's with a game like this where you don't really have time to recalibrate almost is, is the word. I think that can definitely be uh, a big thing to look at. There's no going um, back to a tactical drawing board. Um, like you're just like, yeah, right. Like figure it out better this time, I guess. Um, if you're a coach, there's some things that you can say, you know, slight mechanical changes or, Hey, they're going for this a lot. So be, be mindful. But, um, no, a lot of, a lot of the work with them is really just resetting them mentally to say, okay, uh, you know, regain is a big thing right now. Um, that gets said a lot, but, uh, the difference between, someone else's regain and my regain is pretty different because just like play free is a really loaded comment for me. I can establish those with the team and say play free and they'll be like, Oh yeah, he's totally right. And it means so, so much more. Um, maybe I want to give cursor chance. If he has any kind of questions related to this topic, he wants to jump in here. I think the, the big one for me is it's gotta be a whole different game for you to watch being being a sports psychologist, right? Like you, you, it's the same way a pro player would read the game different from, you know, a, you know, a champ two or a plat in game. You probably like, especially during calm videos, when you hear them calming with each other and hear inflections in voice and how they're communicating with one another, I, I feel, I don't really know if it's so much a question, but kind of more your take. Like, do you, do you look at it a different way than everybody else? Like, do you play a rocket league and do you find yourself like, like kind of reading the, the the mentality of the game differently than others. Yeah. So yes, I do play Rocket League. Um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a great game. Um, but in terms of how I play, I would say is very different. When I play, I am oftentimes trying to cater to what I feel my teammates want, and especially to what I feel the opponent doesn't want. Mm. Um, so I would say I'm like very much so a, if I were to equate it to this skill, uh, 
you know, the, the proper skill level in rocket league. Um, it's kind of like a turbo pulsa in terms of like, how can I position myself in order to ruin your day best? Um, (laughs) but, uh, in terms of how I watch professional play, it's hard to know how I've watched has changed over the years. Um, I remember the first time I ever saw rocket league, was watching Cronovi and Gambit's 1v1 back in like wow. 2016. Yep. And um, it blew my mind. I was like, "What? what is this? This is amazing. I don't know what's happening, but it, it's glorious. And to think of what I look at today um, is so different. I literally watched Cronovi play Daniel today um, in the uh, Fear uh, 1v1 series that he's doing. And that was like a really cool shift in perspective because obviously now i know Cronovi, but um the big perspective shift is how much more i know about the game how the skill ceiling has changed Mm. um and yeah i would say how i watch the game is probably different than than how you would watch the game um i do look at mentality stuff when nrg started releasing those comms videos oh, like yeah. i promise you i was within the first five people to watch those <laughs> and probably in, notes. <laughs> but yeah probably in the top five most viewed like you guys would watch the video and say oh, that was a cool video and i was like replay replay oh. replay mm-hmm. <laughs> so and this was before <laughs> i was ever hired by kansas city pioneers so yeah i would say i do probably look at the game differently it's cool. i'm just waiting you for like go like to LAN or something, right? And you're playing against energy, and like all of a sudden you're like, okay, they're gonna be saying this, so I'm gonna shout this across stage. <laughs> Sabotage. <laughs> so maybe, um, maybe to add on to it too, if you don't mind me, one more thing. Um, what was, what was the draw to Rocket League for you? Was it the the direct connection to you playing soccer? Was it you being a gamer and kind of noticing something in it that you didn't see in other games that you were a fan of? Like what what drew you to want to be person to take your talents into this scene like that i've I've been kind of curious about that so what drew me to rocket league first 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 was just the fact that no other game is like it um i didn't know that start bc existed at that point in time when i saw that um crow versus gambit game um but i'd say that was like my first draw and then in terms of when i realized that i wanted to take my you know, performance psych competency into this field was legitimately because of what I said earlier, where it's warring mentalities and there's nothing like it. I like truly, truly stated and listeners, you can take this to the bank and, you know, tell your parents that are nagging you rocket league is mentality stripped raw and on the field. And there's nothing like it. Um, something that's really like it is, stuff like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or wrestling where it's a lot of flowing and going and then you've got a quick round. Um, So like UFC, boxing, stuff like that. So martial arts has that. But then you throw in the team aspect of Rocket League and boom, like we're we're surging ahead again. So um, yeah, there's just nothing like it, truly. I I think that's a good point to to bring in as well uh, where there's definitely, I think, a difference even between threes and ones, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, for for kind of the play style because i was like thinking about that comparison to martial arts and for me at least in martial arts it's like i at this point i can tell very quickly who the better person is Mm -hmm. uh like as i'm fighting right 
like like i i know right away is this like oh am i am i completely on my depth here like i think i think it's it's i guess because there's an like a what's the word like a mano mano yeah a mano mano well maybe because you the perceived threats are like the better you get the more you can really really see them right mm-hmm. um yeah but I think maybe it's, I mean, perhaps pros are significantly better at this than I am, right? Um, but when it's one-on-one, like even in a, in a 1v1 Rocket League game or in, in a one-on-one, you know, fight, I will say in martial arts, right? Um, you can, if if you just have one person, you're just, you're all, you can kind of take into account all their possible weapons pretty, yep. pretty, pretty well, yep. right? Um, as opposed to like when you get to that 3v3 point, that's when it's just, there's a lot less of like, oh, there's no way you're going to know the full state of the game continuously throughout the game. No, yeah. Sense. Yeah, like, I mean, I I think when you watch the top tier 1v1ers, they are keeping everything in mind. Uh, Jack does this all the time where he's like, and this boost is going to spawn right now. And then boom, it spawns right when he says now. And he goes and grabs that boost. And he's like, yep, he's probably looking for me to flick here. So I'm going to fake the flick, go low. Oh, there you go. Um very much so like fighting like one V one rocket league and martial arts is incredibly similar. Um, there's a concept in psychology called gestalt that kind of said is like the sum is more, or sorry, the whole is more than the sum of its parts. And when you get to threes, how everyone's kind of tendencies and skills and just all of those things mingle, not only like with their teammates, but how they intermingle with the, other three people across from them um the amount of possibilities are endless and even still the best teams oftentimes come out on top somehow so it's just like rocket league is a magical world of mental skills (laughs) yeah for sure for sure um yeah i think but i mean like because i this is why and i mean this we're gonna bring it back here now to like the the you know if, if you have some you know joe schmo uh, who is trying to get up, you know, the rank ladder, right? And they're like, how do I get better, right? Uh, how do I rank up? That's the question that everyone asks, right? Yeah. And when yeah. people say, like, people will always, you know, there's two things they'll say. There's like, okay, well, you can work on, I'm sure you can work on some consistency mechanics, right? Um, but um, the other part is that mental part, right? Yeah. Um, and if I can use an analogy here, and I think I think it's a great analogy. I recently watched, like, a soccer documentary, um, and then in the soccer documentary, there's all these people who are practicing like a penalty kick, right? Which is like a shot just outside the net. You should score every time. There's no way the goalie really should save it. Like really. Um, but your nerves and everything might mess you up. So you don't do a good shot. Right. Um, and essentially the guy who they had take the penalty in the actual game was someone who didn't practice at all. And the reason why he's like, you can practice a hundred shots, right. But you won't know what it's like to deal with the pressure in the actual game when you take the penalty shot. Mm. Um, and I think, I think there's a bit of that with Rocket League, right? It's like you can't really practice an empty net in training, right? But you can practice it a lot better once because, oh, I actually have the pressure of having to score right now, right? Or you can practice it when you're in games and you're like, okay, I should score that empty net, right? It's something that... um, Here, let me not lose my point here. (laughs) Uh, It's something where like that mental aspect or the ability to to continuously do the thing you're supposed to be doing under that pressure that continues to mount given different circumstances and the the fact that you don't really change, right? You don't really 
get swayed by the momentum of the game, um, which I think is so vital. But I don't know if you have ways of like actually getting someone to to perform that better. Like, are yeah. there any? Are there any specific things? Because a lot of people are like, oh, just work on your mental, right? And I'll joke (laughs) about this and I'm like, yeah, you know, make sure you have sleep and stuff, which I think is all true as well. But I don't know specifically maybe like after a tough game or or before you start your training session for the day or your rank session. Let's be honest. A lot of listeners just play rank. They don't train. Um, (laughs) I mean, me include. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, is there specific things that maybe you can do just to give a little bit of that mental edge? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that you're talking about is kind of like performance ceiling type stuff. Like how do you perform better and better? The second thing that you were kind of getting into was the performance floor type thing. So like sleep and, you know, you're asking about stuff like consistency. Um, So consistency is really, really hard to master. And there's very few people that actually do things consistently. within performance domains. And the thing that I would say is that like, you have to have like a certain performance floor through good sleep, good food, you know, good, you know, just doing the things that you need to do in your real life so that you can dedicate your whole brain to the gaming session. Um, For all you people who are listening, they're like, Oh my God, that's speaking to my soul right now. Like go do the things that you need to do and then game. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't be distracted game when you're actually completely focused. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Imagine that you're going to have a way happier time. I promise. Um, But no idea. So that's like performance floor stuff. But the other aspect to the performance floor is this idea that practice makes permanent. And if you are consistently doing things that you shouldn't be doing or you are inconsistently doing things that you should be doing um really focusing on them is your next step and actually wabs talks about this a lot Um, oh it's great that you mentioned him he just said hello everyone Nice. I wish I could be there. That's what he said. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, shout out, shout out Wabs. So um, Wabs is actually spot on when it comes to this. Um, don't worry. He gets a lot wrong too, but um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be the first one to say it, but, <laughs> um, but when you are focusing on one thing specifically, that's, that's when you're contributing to this practice makes permanent. So, okay, I need to nail this rotation. So all I'm going to do is just focus on this rotation today. And doesn't matter if I win, doesn't matter if I lose, doesn't matter if my aerials suck, doesn't matter anything else. As long as I'm nailing that rotation, I'm going to have a good day. And I think a lot of people will find that they start to have really just good days in general when you're focusing on one small thing. Mm. Um, and I use the uh, phrase one small thing because it's like first, like uh, one ST. And um, I have my players come up with a first um, within their within their performance domain. So um, it's not something that I've been able to do quite yet with pioneers but in previous um placements and stuff like that and teams that i've worked with once once the performance floor is solid then you start doing firsts and what's your one small thing today okay go do it um so yeah practice makes permanent and then um when you're talking about like getting better and improving your skill ceiling so like all right, I need to figure out how to just do this flip reset. All right, I need to figure out how to do a wall dash. 
break it down into its component parts and practice the component parts and then hit, you know, like reset. As soon as you do that one component part, then you focus on the next component part. Okay. So now I've got a down. Now I'm working on B. Okay. I've got B down. Now can I do a then B now a then B now a then B. Okay. Perfect. I've got a then B now. So you just kind of like bite it off in chunks and for anybody listening that are really like wanting to learn specific mechanics within any game, um, Rocket League is really cool because it's just a game of component parts, mm-hmm. um, component mechanics. But um, like when you practice learning a mechanic, break it down into those component parts and then practice different chunks of them. And you can practice it backwards, forwards, doesn't matter, but practice different chunks of them and you'll start to see those mechanics are really ironed out and your skill ceiling will improve alongside it. I think that's a great point as well, because I, sorry, I, as as you were saying, I typed this all out so our listeners can can get the uh, the two big key ones there. But, um, I think as well as like I find sometimes you, especially when you're always learning new things, you kind of like avoid certain practices that you may want to steal up again. Or do yeah. you think like after a certain point, like some things you don't really. I don't know. Is is like like a, I'm not I'm not going to practice wave dashes but like I could probably do some routines where I'm doing some weird weighted dashes if that makes sense, right? I mean it's it's up to you because I mean for some people certain things will move to muscle memory and for others that thing won't. Um that probably has to do with your neuroplasticity which is an entirely different topic, but um yeah, for some people, they do need to keep the dust off of those things that maybe you or especially someone younger may take for granted. So it's different do, for different people. Which pro player do you think has the best neuroplasticity in the uh, Rocket League scene? Ooh, <laughs> That's the kind of questions we want to know. <laughs> best neuroplasticity is probably Drawly because he's the youngest, but he's not officially playing. Um the uh best neuroplasticity honestly this is crazy it might be garrett g i could see that and he's like one of the old ones and it's i wouldn't have said this before this last year and a half but that man's skill ceiling is literally never taking a break like it doesn't plateau ever We were just talking about that too in a previous episode where he was reliable third, but now he's hitting no. double flip reset backboard double touches. Like, come on now. Like and it took him I, one season. One season to raise that ceiling, man. It's it's wild. So I would say um he is surprisingly, shockingly, somehow against all neuro studies neurology books in the world, he somehow has the best neuroplasticity. Wow. Do you do you think do you think um there's a certain amount of want as well to to keep ironing it out all those like little things because i i i just think like the reason that we see pros like the the fastest a pro that was like kind of tails off a little bit has more to do with like the want of wanting to practice so consistently over five years you know yeah (laughs) um because i think that's one big thing it's like i've definitely seen it as well right like the urge to like work so much harder to get smaller gains in theory right or to perfect essentially things that you you think are like at 80 percent, right 
um, is a lot harder than when you start the game and you see giant, giant jumps in your, in your skill ability. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have that underlying motivation, that underlying drive. And let me say now too, that like, if you don't have that underlying motivation or drive, that doesn't need to be something that you feel ashamed about, especially in rocket league. There's always going to be people to play (laughs) at the skill level that you've decided that you would like to plateau on. Um, and maybe it, ebbs and flows too like all right you know what i'm really comfy just being a diamond three champ one right now and uh i'm just gonna stay here forever and then when it's like okay i i feel like some things are kind of falling into place for me like suddenly i'm kind of motivated to get better like okay like use that time to get better and find a new plateau Mm. but um yeah for pros they have to continuously adjust to the meta so um that drive um aided by money (laughs) um that drive is really important for them yeah, I I actually this this is great that you brought this up because it made me think of something as well, right? When when you play most esports, but we'll take Rock League specifically, right? Every time you queue up for a game, you're matched to the best of an an algorithm's ability, but still, you're matched essentially with people who should be roughly the same skill level as you. Um, which, if you think about, it, is quite wild, because any pro like sport, um. Very rarely is every team you go up against going to be exactly the same skill as your team, or like relatively speaking, right? Like, I I don't know. I I just found okay. So, I the reason you guys I, had something like a couple of weeks ago where you, someone suggested a pickup version of Rocket League, <laughs> and I freaking love that idea. Mm-hmm. I think there should be a pickup game mode for every like Apex, which gets a ton of skill based matchmaking complaints, uh, like. Like every single game should just have a pickup mode where it's like, yo, you just jump in and this is what happens. I remember when Fortnite did that and it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Like the days where Fortnite was just pickup level, like sometimes you run into ninja and sometimes you win with 30 kills. Like that that stuff doesn't happen in video games very often. And that was like a golden age of gaming for me. Oh yeah. It's so wild to me because um like i just i just been around the esports team now for over a decade right and i just i feel like every game has the assumption that a rank ladder system has to be implemented right yeah um and and i understand i come for starcraft i understand it's our fault okay i get it but um i think it's also like like i even take overwatch for the first two years right where everyone's just playing casual and i'm like oh this isn't like as fun but then like you'd watch pros and you're like oh this is so cool but then when the rank system was implemented everyone like hated the game and i i think i think it's interesting because ultimately people who want to become pros like they'll find teams and they'll practice teams against teams right um so would necessarily having only like a more focused casual environment be like i think it'd be better for games i think people would have more fun with them in a long term obviously at some point you want to match yourself up against other people but the, the reason i'm getting all to this and actually it kind of brings me back to last week is we were talked about like how our podcast started right and the game this game called artifact and people were saying that the biggest problem with the game was that every game felt like it was on a razor's edge <laughs> Like there's no the there's game, no break at all. They're just they're, like, oh my god, I'm exhausted. No, no, but okay, it was a, it was a it was a card game. Don't get me wrong. Okay, it's just that every game you played, even if you were playing the best player or the worst player, right? 
it felt like you could win or lose the game on any turn every single game and every single game would last like 30 minutes right and they're essentially saying it's like no you kind of want a couple games where you just stomp the other person or a game you get stomped from time to time absolutely it breaks up the like tension like if there's a game where every time you play it it's you're like oh my goodness they might have this one card and we just lose out of nowhere right um if that's every single game eventually of course that one card's going to start frustrating more and more when that flip of the coin doesn't go your way right um especially in a game that includes rng um but you know i i think that's really interesting is that like in some ways the rank ladder was designed to be as you know force fitting you into people who are as, as similar rank as you actually can make the game a little annoying at sometimes like it, it makes it harder to like keep having these regular sessions i think one thing that pickup type games do as well is it shows you what's possible i remember back in the Fortnite pickup days where somebody ran at me with a ramp for the first time back in like season one chapter one or chapter zero whatever and i was like what what is happening right now like <laughs> like this this man is just full-on sending it he's not scared like the rest of us and um it, it changed so much for me just watching that happen so i think sometimes when you run into people that are just gonna get you it shows you what's possible and you don't need like a you don't need to watch professional you know rocket league in order to see that um and i think that it can really just like increase people's imagination for what's possible if they they run into that every now and then and then yeah like i just you said, want- the validation of just like just completely stomping all over somebody is kind of nice <laughs> from time to time too <laughs> um i like i think i was a little bit spoiled i mean i take this back but like one of my first times i was even in a rocket league game was a warm-up with i believe cruncho combo jair a couple other people for like the brock like university team that was being set up and i was only there because i ran the club right but the (laughs) i remember combo making like a save Right. And all he did. All right. I'm going to I'm going to break it down for you. OK. All he did is he went from the right side of the net to the left side of the net and he saved it top corner. Right. <laughs> Holy. And, uh, and I said and I quote, oh, my goodness, that's like a crazy, amazing save. How do you even do that? OK. I just want like this is the same game that people are doing like flip resets and stuff. But I didn't I didn't even understand half the things they were doing in the air. Right. But for me, that was something where. I understood that, okay, I could eventually get to a point where I make a save like that, where I like time the ball and I make that save, right? So at least I understood it. And that's because I at least had the understanding, even though no ability, because all I was doing was driving and jumping up. Um, No ability to do it because it was literally my first game. It was so funny that that's the thing that I took as like the crazy thing, right? Not the not the other stuff that I could not comprehend yet. <laughs> um. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great example. I mean, everybody remembers where they were. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> where I was. Everyone remembers where they were when Squishy hit that aerial and you're like, what? You can do that? That first aerial from like way, way back in the day. I think he was riding in like a Takumi or something like that. Still had camera shake on. Of course. <laughs> I'm, oh, that's another thing that like I look at those like camera shakes. It's just my head. It makes my head spin. Okay. Continuing on. My last big question for myself. I'm a cursor. I have more after this. We'll see. Um, but uh, we look, I like that like a specific tip on like, you know, that one person that was ranking up. Right. Do you have something maybe for teams 
to keeping like a steady mental state throughout maybe a series or maybe through a play session some of them, maybe you know, maybe we're not talking like pro teams but like maybe like you know you have a couple friends you're 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 in a tournament i don't know uh something like that or maybe you're just you're just you play ranked a lot together what are some things to maybe keep yourselves steady yeah um i think it's actually pretty easy um to understand and then you just have to make the space to implement this but um having a little bit of a pre-game and post-game chat uh us in the performance psych world would call them pre and post performance routines um but finding out what each person's one small thing is that day so first off you need to have a one small thing that day for your play um and then sharing what your one small thing is with everybody. So like, okay, I know that Lazero is going to go for catching the ball basically every time it comes to him. Like, okay, like he's going to go for possession plays every time. That's fine. Now I know. Um, okay, I know that Prof is obsessed with uh, this rotation right now. Like he's really committing to getting up on the backboard to play defense. So I know that I don't need to go backboard defensive as long as he's in the vicinity. So just having those conversations and then the backside of things is just talking about how it went. Um, And it doesn't need to be a replay review, but just kind of be like, yo, like you really crushed it. One thing I might have as a consideration for you is, you know, X, Y, Z they can be really nonchalant conversations. Like these don't have to be something that you're like, okay, everybody in the discord call, like we're going to go over our one small things today. Like, no, 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 (laughs) just, just tell people what you're going for. Have them tell you what they're going for. Make it specific. Don't be like, I'm going for wins today. Like, Oh, you are (laughs) what you're trying to score today. That's crazy. Uh, no, um, have it, have it be like one small tactical or technical thing. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I just agree. Uh, I was gonna say it's almost like um, people don't like hearing generalities and they like hearing specifics. Yeah, was that exactly. a reference to? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there may be something happening in Canada, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, continue on. Here. I need to keep on my, up on my Canadian politics. Dang. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's. Uh, th- yeah, be be specific with what you want to do that day, and then at the end, like let your homies know how they did and be ready for some feedback on how you did. Cause I mean, you'll be watching it. I'll, I'll know if you're successfully catching every time I'll over the course of the day, like, Oh, you're maybe a little bit high up on that catch. So like it's hitting the top of your car. So that's why it keeps bouncing like that. Um, just that specific feedback is really helpful. And then just try and get some specific feedback back. And I think to that point as well, it's like also establish if, if this is like, a try hard competitive day or a we're doing whatever day as well. Cause I, I know if you're giving feedback on the day that the guy, the, the, the friends just want to chill. <laughs> yeah. And may not for be. sure. For sure. It can still be kind of chill feedback too. Just like, dude, you did a really good job today. Like you crushed it, mm-hmm. but just, just having something there to kind of be like, just, you know, not just like rage quitting out of the call and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. Good, good things to live by. So yeah, that, that'd be my general info for just anybody who's got a couple homies that they're trying to um, go through the, the ranked climb with. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just trying to have a fun day of casual, sometimes it's nice to just be like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to go for this today. Cool. Now I know. Beautiful. Um, Cursor, do you have anything else to uh, ask here? I kind of wanted to take a step back at um, what you were saying earlier about how 
raw the mentality is in Rocket League and how you were breaking down mechanics, if I may. Um, I I couldn't agree with you more, and I honestly find myself telling other people the same thing, especially people like my younger brother who struggles with autism and learning things can be really difficult for him. Um, and he recently just got into champ for the first time last season. I was so oh proud of him. My gosh, so proud of him. Amazing. I've been telling him like, I've been him. telling him the yeah. very same things like, man, I know you want to do this flip reset, but like understand how to get up the wall and do an aerial off the wall first. Like, like, like you were saying, like break it down into the components first and train the components. And like, I think to your point, it's like, it's very, it's such a hard thing to to sit there with the mentality where it's like, oh, I can't do this. I suck. Like, but you keep doing it. So it's not that you, it's not that you suck and it's not that you, you hate it. And it's not that you hate that you suck. You just hate that it's not coming like easily to you. So you got to find the way that works for you. I like, I like to tell people it's Rocket League itself is almost synonymous with just growing up in general, right? A lot of the well, wow. A lot of the qualities wow. you look for, I, I've gotten so much negative feedback on that. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, if you look at the top caliber players, right, which used to just be GC back in the day, these players are patient. They cover for others and watch what they're doing and observe with Kuth instead of just constantly inserting themselves into a play and being like, well, this is mine now. It's like, appreciate what's going on around you and read the room. And then try and best that. support people in the way that you can. And when you recognize that opportunity to what Lazira was saying earlier, uh, talking about our friend Nick Tack, execute, right? And very much to what you were saying earlier in the podcast, it's it's very much an on-the-day thing. Like sometimes you can do it and sometimes you can't. But if you sit there and let it linger over your head that it's like, oh, well, I didn't do it today. I think I think that's... That is where people like yourself thrive because you understand how to break that down and help get people yep. out of that funk. It's like, hey, man, just take that breather, man. Like I, I tell people all the time, I had to tell myself when I was on stream the other day, I was sitting there just sitting in casuals, just like, oh, my God, why is this teammate doing this? Like, why is he doing that? And totally took some D ranks the other day. And I, I recognize yeah. within myself, like, it's not my teammates. It's me. I'm over focused on the things they're doing wrong as opposed to how can I adapt to all the things they're doing? Right. I love that. I think it's such an overlooked part of the game. It's you don't need to, you know, do the double flip resets to Wabbit's point. Like positioning is key, like reading the field, watching what's happening. Right. Like, I think he's yep. very right about that. You don't need fancy mechanics. You just need to pay attention. Yeah. Like, I think observe with Kuth should be the title of the episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just uh I already had some ideas. <laughs> it just uh oh, I feel like I need to just stealing your thunder. Uh, just I'm you're right, you're right. Practice makes permanent is the better title. It's, it so is. And I I think <laughs> I think for those of us who who were athletes or were musicians or did dabble in something that you you just put your all into you focus on this one thing you kind of learn that yep. better than others a lot of I, I notice oh my god yeah i notice people in general just try to take on far too much you know like i i, I yep. use my brother as an example he's like well i want to do this and i want to do this and well i kind of practice them all at once and i'm like well you're never really going to get the growth you're looking for if you're constantly spreading out your focus across so many things you're diverting your attention from getting truly good at one thing and if that's something you can commit to muscle memory then great now you don't have to think about it anymore if it's something yep. where you need to keep brushing up on it, this is where we see, you know, the blowouts on Twitter being like, so-and-so has only put in 20 hours in the last two weeks. He's been playing Valorant and FIFA. Like, those are the players that 
it does come natural for them. And maybe like yeah, a couple yeah, hours like, they yeah, get back they on are. and they're like, eh, no, I'm fine. But everybody else who's the naysayer <laughs> is like, well, what the hell, man? Why doesn't that work yeah. like that for me? And it's like, because everyone yeah. works differently and you got to find we what works for you. We can't all be Alpha 54. Yeah, exactly. We can't <laughs> all be Kronobu. We can't all be the mountain, the yeah. first guy to win a world championship and arguably the one player that inspired so many to join the scene, right? Like you can't, you can't not everyone can be that. It doesn't mean that you should stop striving to be that, but you got to find your own way to get to that point. You know, I think that's yep. where a lot of people struggle, um, especially down where Lazero and I have sat like in the high champ to low GC range. Like I, I find just as many toxic players there as I did down in diamond because they're at that point where they're like, like I'm here, but I don't really feel like I'm here. And it's not because yeah, there's, there's more a, GC I'm, and there's SSL now. It's like you just you're still trying to find your way up. It's just you're further up and you're you don't know what to do with your your accumulated growth, you know? Yeah. I, I want to interject here that I, I don't know how many people will take too kindly to uh down here being high champ low GC. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's the um, truth. It's the truth. Because realistically, I think I think it's that humbleness that keeps the players who do eventually make it to the higher ranks. Like it's that drive, right? Like you can't sit there and be like C three GC one and you be like, I'm the best in the game. Because that's bullshit. <laughs> that is absolute. Like that's not a thing, right? It's the it's the me it's yep. the meme I posted on Twitter the other day where it's a uh, an episode from a TV show where there's a guy approaching the main character in a Home Depot and he's like, oh working on a project today and the guy just deadpans is i know more than you and the and the the guy who's saying i know more than you has a plat symbol on him and the guy who's asking has a gc symbol on him <laughs> like but it's literally it's that. the game incarnate it's like just just don't fight back when when the answer is right in front of you it's gonna hurt and to I, like i think you're to admit to it but like that's that's what you need to do you know I think you're so right too that you need like a certain level of humility and vulnerability with yourself in order to like really get those things down. Um, if you've played a sport, I mean, soccer is the one that I'm going to reference the most. Sure. Um, ultimate Frisbee is actually really good one for this Dude, too. you played like, ultimate? Um, Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you have to practice specific skills so many times before you get them. And like that specific skill can be like literally square one of what you need to do. Like yep. I can't tell you how many hours I spent on just first touch training in soccer yep. or how many times I tried to throw a flick before it finally clicked for me. Mm -hmm. And like just all of these things, like if you, if you have a hobby, if you have a performance domain, not video games, you understand like, Dude, do you know how long it took me to get like a transition on a fretboard right before it oh finally made sense? Like oh stuff God. like it's that. So like you hard. have to practice so many little things, those component parts, and it takes humility and vulnerability to do that. I think what what uh, instrument did you play out of curiosity? Um, so I was I had a vocal performance um scholarship mm -hmm. and then I also did guitar and piano, but I would say my competency on those is like diamond right now I mean, I've, got, <laughs> nice. I've got a martin right next to me actually right now and i can't tell you the last time i touched it Aww. yeah out of curiosity my own curiosity um did you use your pinky that's what i want to know <laughs> uh in piano and guitar uh, yeah in guitar, guitar yeah. yeah yes okay. All right. What, what are you What are you doing you're just hanging out with it like you're sipping wine when you're on the sipping fretboard tea, being all fancy i, I mean listen I use the pinky, okay? Yeah. But there's a lot of other un, you know, I think they washed 
<laughs> I think the more you. common question is like, did you use the thumb over top for your G chord? And <laughs> These are things that need to go into the romance no. corner. Oh, Lazero no. uses his pinky. No. Yeah. No. 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 Did you did oh. you use your thumb over the top on the E string? <sighs> no, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, um, what were your influences, but yeah, man? So anyway, I I think that's a. I mean, that's a really great and considerate um rant honestly cursor like i think you're totally right thanks man well for your music bit what were, what were your influences what like what it, what's what's like your oh, your God. three genres you love that you think kind of had a, a bit of um a bit of push for for your, your so music? i will say my favorite genre right now is really good jazz rap Ooh. um Probably my favorite example of a really good jazz rap song is Kendrick Lamar's Sing About Me, Dine of Thirst. Ooh, um, nice. There's also a really good song that I just had on my Discover Weekly that I was like, holy, like, what is going on here? Right. Um, it is called Children of the Internet um, by Future up. Utopia and Ezra Collective. Um, so yeah, Children of the Internet is another really, really good jazz rap song. I love it because it's like, spoken word is so like high meta brain stuff and then jazz is such high meta brain stuff and when it collides in really cool ways like in jazz rap it's like chef's kiss good when it's done well gotcha. um my first ever cd that i owned was usher's confessions album my Ooh. parents bought that for me and Heck yeah. uh wanted to be usher when i was a kid um and then my first like favorite band was probably Coldplay back when they were in the uh what's the uh album that i'm thinking of right now an early an early one like like pre viva la vida stuff pre um, uh like no xy or um no it's not that one either. a rush of blood to the head is a good one sure. yeah anyway so sure. Col coldplay was a really big influence for me wanting to do like singer songwriting stuff but um wow. i i haven't listened to music like that in quite some time wow I, I just had to know, man. I was I was curious. Yeah, like, what, cursor, what makes the man the man, you know? <laughs> I've already written uh, music talk here. Do you have any specific genres that you really like? Uh, I am. I like to pride myself on being the definition of eclectic. Um, I like I very much. You and everyone else. No, no, no. Right. Like <laughs> I, what drives me nuts, what drives me nuts, right, is you'll ask someone is like, you know, oh, what's your what's your favorite? Oh, I listen to everything that I hate that hipster auto answer. Like, don't give me that crap. Give me give me give me sustenance, man. Give me give me give me something. Right. Like I went to my yep. first punk show several years back and I got to see Black Flag. The like the original Black Flag with two newer members and I got to shake their hands because my buddy was a bouncer. You know, what I mean? like I, I, go. I go and I listen to everything and I'll see artists in concert and buy their merch and support them, not just rip their stuff off the Internet and torrented like which was the vibe in the odds. Everybody this. did it. Kirsch's got soapboxes, man. Kirsch's got soapboxes. Everybody. I, I mean, he's really, he really wants to be the uh, the headlining act here. You know, no, 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 not at all. His, not at all. It's just no. life experiences, just, man. I'm. I'm a, it's I, not like I'm that. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but like, no. I, Actually, Lizio, uh, Kirsch and I are just gonna talk now. So, um, thanks for hosting the podcast. Appreciate it, man. All right, I'll let you. I think. To answer your question, I want to say, uh, hmm, preferred genres is probably a better way to go because I really do listen to everything except like country, but I can't say 
country because I listen to old, old stuff like Johnny Cash. Like, I don't like any modern country stuff. No, yeah. no Hawthorne Heights, no Tim McGraw, no, none of that crap. Um, but I was always deeply moved by Adult Swim bumps. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Adult Swim from Cartoon Network way back, the late 90s, early aughts. Yep. Um, that's kind of around the time where I found my love for anime because they were putting up things like Fooly Cooly and... Um, right after Toonami. Exactly, right. And I, I found this deep love for this this style of music. Just it, It's clear they got their influence from jazz, and I do love jazz, um, but it was more of a... Like lo-fi meets hip-hop meets jazz meets, you know, yeah. even a even sort of like a jazz tronica kind of bit where they start throwing in a bit of yep. like more electrical stuff because I love you know techno drum and bass uh, a little bit of dubstep house like big house. I'm just thinking of the Cowboy Bebop theme right now. <laughs> right, exactly right, and um, yeah, what, what was it? A uh, tank, if I remember correctly, tank with an exclamation point was the song name. Um, you know, but I, I but you'll hear me listen to. You know, like uh, uh, favorite bands like um, Rage Against the Machine or 311 or Muse uh, for, you know, rock to I got to see they were actually the very first live concert I ever saw. I was I saw the Cure made staging and Muse was on a side stage. And this was right after they dropped their Absolution album in 2003. Wow. I was I was blown. My mom took me to it. I'll never forget it. It was the coolest thing ever. I, I literally my love and appreciation for like. The arts and music and the world is all from my mother. Um, Stemmed from that. Yeah, that's so cool. And uh, You win coolest mom. For sure. Shout out to my mom if you're listening. By the way, mom, I, I, I love you, mom. Oh, I'd love <laughs> to hear it. Um, in addition to that, I, I'm, I'm very much uh, a proponent like of the purists. Like I dig where rap came from. I don't really dig kind of where it's at today, aside from some yeah. artists who are kind of keeping it alive and being real. I look at people like Logic, Triple uh, X Tentacion, Rest His Soul, who who spit some real, real stuff in his you lyrics. You should listen to J.I.D. Oh my God, he J.I.D. Is, he is worlds ahead of both oh, of the people you just said. Oh my gosh, he is. Oh my gosh, he is. A thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. Uh, he talk, talked about his brother X. getting gunned down in the street. Like people, people don't understand. Like he's got to carry that with him the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Logic and X are are merely merely diamonds compared to the GC that is JID. I I would have to agree there. That man is raw. <laughs> that's that's how I felt about. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I'm gonna forget his name now. Uh, MF Doom. Yeah, yeah, MF Doom is a real one for sure too. Um, yeah, great bars. Right, and uh, it's Lazira, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, dude. No, no. Just, I, sure. it's, Just it's it's sure. kind of it's kind of been a it's been a growth, right? I I would think to you know keep ranting about your question. Um, it's it's kind of been a journey, you know, just just like my Rocket League ranks. Yeah. <laughs> it's really been a journey. I've I've you just you start discovering more things about yourself. You're kind of your own self-worth and what makes you you and what what do you vibe with? Like what makes the hairs on your neck stand up on end? Like what sets that adrenaline off? What sets you into that stage of euphoria? Like and you you really start to hone in on those things and and recognize them as things you actually do like instead of being well I listen to everything. You know, <laughs> but I, I really do. I, I genuinely listen like uh, Harry Connick Jr. to Johnny, uh, John Coltrane, B.B. King, you know, like, you you know, like Duke Ellington, Duke Ellington right? Ella Fitzgerald, yep. right? Like all, all these names that like most kids nowadays don't even know. And it, it sucks. Like, I feel like it's up to our generation to kind of to bridge that gap as the people who were the kids that created the thirst for competitive gaming. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then like are also bringing culture from like our parents generation yeah. you know like it's it's this. so important man but i i don't want to i don't want to super super rant but i, I kind of hope that answers your question i i really do listen to a lot but preferred genre is definitely like lo-fi jazz hip-hop r&b uh rock a bit of metal in there too i do love my metal um and maybe some electronic stuff uh daft punk to be the most prolific one in my life well, it's crazy that in the whole thing you mentioned bb king because i actually saw him live no so. way <laughs> actually yeah, yeah wow yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. that's cool where'd yeah, you see him i saw him live I, I i saw him also what's that band the, with the joker the song the joker uh he was playing at the same festival as them uh, uh gary joker. clark jr uh, 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 Oh, uh, oh my god play my music steve yes steve miller band thank yeah, you so i saw steve miller band and, and he was gary uh, clark jr great shout out by the way too. Right. at that festival as well that's crazy holy cow yeah no um so there you go there's there's my music i'm not gonna you know what i can mention a bunch of bands i'm not gonna no, no, now we need to that. what's yours yeah, yeah. We, we went through yeah. ours what's yours man now i gotta know what makes what makes the uh, zero go, zero okay. come on man you, you know what's wild to me is is i definitely like there was a period in my life where like when i was in high school it was like the cool thing to listen to 80s rock right yep. it was a cool thing because it was like oh it's not that generic pop music thing right but then i realized way later it's like no i actually really like specifically pop punk like that's definitely Heck the genre yes. where i want to turn my brain off and i listen to yes. avril lavigne okay actually i call that teen angst uh, music yes, and I yes. Love yes. Teen, teen angst music, music. that's mcr that's, um, oh my god so yeah, many yeah. bands and then, used. And then I uh, listen to like alternative rock, right? There's kind of that genre change. Smashing Pumpkins. Like a weird mix of like folk, although like I guess 21 Pilots would best describe the genre in some ways. Really? Um, but the well, interesting thing was is when I moved down for a university a couple years back, um, there was uh, an like alternative rock radio station that I listened to when I drive down there um but they play this one song by run the jewels oh, heck yes i don't know why it was on this thing but i loved it every time and so i got really into run the jewels and then heck yes you know and then they get into some more hip-hop stuff but uh yeah, yeah that that's that's uh it's kind of wild how like yeah and then i had a whole phase where you know when like all the <laughs> the dumb like i guess the eminem album where he just like goes off on everyone mm. kamikaze yep. was it yeah. yeah, so I, I got into like learning about all the other random hip hop artists then. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, I guess a lot of teen angst, honestly, because like that album is just full of him yelling at the world. So, um, yeah, there you go. Very. If you're uh, looking for a slept on teen angst uh, song, <laughs> I would show you Way Away by Yellow Card. It's on the exact wow. same album as Ocean's oh, yes. Avenue, but Yellow it's way Card. better. Yep. And then I also, if you'd like to follow me on Spotify, I have a playlist called The Black Shakes <laughs> Jr., which is a mixture of The Black Keys, uh, Alabama Shakes, The Beatles, and Gary Clark Jr. Ooh. And then just Amazing. having every song that gets recommended from that playlist also added to the playlist. I'm going to have to get you, so, get uh, your Spotify. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> Yo, of all Yellow Card songs, Ocean Avenue might be one of the worst. The worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> Way Away is on uh, the same album and it goes so hard. And then you get to Ocean Avenue and you're like, there's a place on Ocean. What? Avenue. Yes. Stop it. Yes. We're in love now? Why? I don't want to be in love. I want to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. But yeah. what is, okay. So to, to bring this back to Rocket League, then the Zero, what is your. For anyone that's still hanging out. For real. What is your, uh, 
what is your preferred playlist when you're when you're out there grinding and appearing offline and just going full black profile picture okay this is crazy because <laughs> in other games i would have like plays i'd listen to specifically i would just listen to lincoln park on repeat Ooh, like all okay. Those wow. okay um meteora maybe but in in rocket league that was not the case like i just don't listen to music while i play rocket really? league. Either, i'm either full focusing on the game or i'm listening to podcasts that's the two Cursor, get your get your pen ready yeah. this is mine all right you're gonna go to Spotify and you're gonna type in "Lemonade" mm-hmm. by Mick Jenkins, and then just hit "Go to Lemonade" by Mick Jenkins and Da P Radio. That's that's your ticket right there. Jenkins, Lemonade. It's not even. Hold on. It's not even coming up. Lemonade, Mick Jenkins, Da P. You might see D A dash P. But yeah, that's the that's the one. It's not even coming up on Spotify. You'll have to you'll have to drop me the link. That's I'll definitely go. All right, and with that, (laughs) I'm going to be professional here and close us off. Uh, I think we had some great discussion. Um, I'm sure we could do a whole music show because I I literally, as we were talking about this, I was looking up the NHL 2003 soundtrack because there's one song that there's a song which I actually I don't think the whole song is necessarily the greatest song of the world, but there's one transition in it. That I will never get out of my brain, which I just love. Mm. Um, and I think I've mentioned it before, but I don't know when and don't know how. But uh, if I ever find what that song was, I'll bring it up and we can talk about my my favorite transition. It's not even like it's not even like the chorus or the verse of the song. It's the transition between that I love. Um, regardless. Oh, I see that the prof is dropping me his Spotify. Awesome. Yes. Um, OK, yes. so. Uh, I we have to give we usually leave everyone off on some kind of thing they have to do. Yeah, uh, for the week, the homework. So, uh, we're gonna leave it off to our guest, Prof. Do you have anything you'd like our listeners to do over this next week? It can be whatever you want. Sure, it can be Rocket uh, League related. It can be sure. Uh, so, outside of Rocket League, uh, I'll say what I said. Like when I was talking about kind of finding this job, um, go thank anybody that was like monumental in getting to you to like where you are today. Um, could be an advisor, could be, um, you know, your parent, if you have like something specific that they did, um, could be a friend, anything like that. But, um, make sure you give like a little, you know, formal or not formal your choice, but just a little shout out to that person. Let them know that they made a big impact in your life. Um, the further back you can go, the better, cause they will just be floored by that. It'll make their whole week like without a doubt. Um, and then my in game one is the um, just practice makes permanent um, and that one small thing. So just go into each game with one small thing, go into each day session um, with one small thing that you're really trying to do and just go crush that thing. Everything else doesn't matter. There you go, for sure. We're going to leave it off with that. Uh, I'd like to thank once again the prof for being on. Thank you so much. It was great having you. Um, I feel I feel there's definitely more in this and more in this. I, th- I think we could definitely do another show at some I point. So I would love to have you on. Um, Cursor, thank you for being here and thank you for bringing your soapbox. Um, keep it with me at all times honestly <laughs> honestly i'm ready for another i'm sure i'm sure i it's becoming its own thing i think you know what's interesting cursor yeah. is i think your soapbox is is uh 
a little more interesting than Relos's. Um, and with oh, that, sure. <laughs> there's without a doubt, uh, it's way more interesting than his. Um, with that, I want to say goodbye to all our listeners. We'll see you next week. For myself, from Cursor of the Prof, have a good one. See ya. Bye.